From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike, it's Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for downloading latest installment recording uh, just minutes into Martin Luther King Day. Got the day off, that's why I'm hyper-caffeinated up late. And uh, hopefully you do as I do, and uh, as Martin Luther King uh, said in his I Have a Dream speech, you judge somebody on the content of their character, not necessarily the uh, check marks of society and how we should uh, accept people. Well, you know, his thing was like, uh, don't discriminate just because somebody is different from you. Now it's if you don't love somebody who is X, we're coming for you. It's We're, we're just sidestepping the whole content of character thing. It seems like uh, left or right anymore. <laughs> um, but look, my thing is this: is, is if you're an idiot and you do something stupid, I don't care who you are. I will call you out on it. Um, Martin Luther King probably wouldn't call anybody an idiot due to the fact that he was a reverend. But if he was alive today and he took a look at the internet, man, I think I think his head would spin a little bit. Well, some scary stuff. All right, so. Um, Again, uh, just honor that, you know, judge people by the content of their character, and uh, don't be a checklist person. All right, uh, real quick, R.I.P. Leslie Marie Presley, uh, the only offspring, the only daughter of one Elvis Aaron Presley, dead at the age of 54. I think a lot of us remember that uh, one hot minute back in the 90s when she was married to Michael Jackson. Very bizarre. They had that uh, that kiss on the MTV Music Awards, vi- Video Music Awards, and uh, I think everybody kind of vomited in their mouth a little bit over that. But uh, cardiac arrest. Uh, she was recently seen at red carpet events uh, about the new Elvis Presley movie that came out this past year. Did okay, um, but uh, her mom, uh, you know. Uh, very upset and distraught. And when when you hear this, you, you kind of get it. Um, and by kind, I mean very much get it. Uh, her daughter's gonna be buried at Graceland next to her son. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, Priscilla has lost her former husband, her grandson, and now her daughter. And that's just heartbreaking stuff. So uh, thoughts and condolences to the Presley family. That's just some heavy things there. Um, feeling a little better physically here. Uh, you know, my wife, uh, for a, a belated Christmas present, she she got this for me. She scheduled it uh, for this weekend um, back before Christmas because this is the only opening they had. But uh, a massage here in Fort Wayne. Our, the, the massage place that my wife and I used to go to closed up shop not too long ago. And I went to this place, and holy crap, it was amazing. Uh, uh, like, um, keep in mind, you know, I go there. No no chemical dependency whatsoever. Wasn't lubed up on liquor or... Um, I did take some Tylenol, but I don't think that counts as drugs. Um, but uh, I didn't fall asleep, but I was so relaxed and kind of uh, lethargic afterward. You know, they... Uh, for those who don't know how these massages work, um, they, they give you like a minute or two to, you know, by yourself in the room to strip down to your boxers, get under the sheets so they can, you know, massage you. And then afterward, you know, they leave the room so you can get dressed. So there's nothing, uh, there's nothing funny going on here, right? Um, so 
after my hour, I get up and I'm just kind of out of it, and I leave the the hallway. And I thought I was heading toward the reception area, and I was about ready to walk into their basement when the massage therapist was like, "No, <laughs> the other way." Like, and I'm thinking to myself, "Well, Jesus, I gotta I gotta drive home now, and I don't even know how to walk in an, in an office." I mean, it was it was that good, that good. Like a lot of the physical pain that I've uh, obtained in my nearly 43 years of existence kind of at the wayside here um that might go away here later this summer though um as you know i talked uh, last episode about the uh, the faa glitch that grounded a bunch of planes uh this past week and how uh flying has gotten worse now you got these airlines uh clamoring for more spending to make the faa more efficient which i'm sure is just going to be a bigger pain in the ass somehow for uh, the traveler and it doesn't make me want to get into a plane anytime soon. And the last time I've been in a plane was uh, over 10 years ago. So it's been a bit since I've flown. Uh, but just days ago, after I recorded the podcast, my wife looked at me and she goes, you know what I was thinking about? A family vacation this year with our tax return. And uh, lo and behold, the vacation destination she suggested, it's, it's in the continental U.S., but it would require a plane to get to said destination oh my god karma biting me in the ass for even bringing this stuff up uh yeah i don't know i mean i i i I really want to go on a family vacation um i really do i'd like to get away for a week i'd like to get away and just unwind and relax because there's I, I had a week off from work uh not too long ago stayed at home and i loved it because i wasn't at work um, but just, I, I can see planes making that vacation suck hard. That's a to-be-continued, and hopefully um, no more FAA glitches. All right, so the big talk was, like, one of these government agencies not too long ago suggested that uh, in the near future, not not immediately, mind you, gas stoves could be banned because uh, they're toxic and dangerous and deadly. Well, if you're an idiot, they're toxic, dangerous, and deadly, you're not an idiot you're good uh, because you know natural gas is coated with that egg uh, egg scent so if anything's leaking or on you'll notice immediately and you can report it to um, uh, the proper authorities like you know the get you know the gas company and that happened a couple times when uh, my wife and I were living in the old apartment uh, just before our house was built with uh, little Lana back when there was only one kid to worry about um, no, she, uh, but I remember a couple times we had a call because we would smell the smell. And, uh, you know, the gas company would come out and, you know, run readings and all this fun stuff. And, uh, you know, just to make sure everything was safe. Now, currently we have an electric stove in our house. We don't have a gas hookup. Our microwave just went out. So, I mean, could you imagine, though, if, like, uh, you had no electricity for any given amount of time? And all you had was the natural gas stove to cook stuff on, like, you know, to boil water, make food. You know, say, like, in the case of a, of a big power outage, right? Like, just, you know, there's power out for, like, a day or two, and you need to eat. What would you do? I mean, you would you... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't get the, the hand-wringing over removing gas stoves. Like I said, you'd have to be a complete moron not to understand how they work. And if you smelled something bad, you do what we did when we lived in the apartment. But uh, it's kind of a to-be-continued because government has to get into every little uh, nook and cranny of your life. 
uh, and like uh, like the recent Mega Millions winner, uh, I'm sure they're going to keep some of their money. They they uh, somebody in Maine won about a billion damn dollars this past Friday, and congrats to them. They inherited a big old headache. You know, there, there have been times where I've been tempted to go and buy a Powerball ticket, and then I'm just like, well, if I won it, and I bump into people, and we're talking about how we made money, I mean, how would you describe it? Oh, uh, I bought a ticket. That was my talent. I mean, I almost as uh, worthless as a royal there. Um, but then again, if I had a bunch of money, I would disappear and try to own as little as possible, as, as incredible as that sounds. Just to avoid hassles. Um, but yeah, somebody bought the, the winning ticket somewhere in Maine. And uh, now they get to live with the headaches of having lawyers and uh, the IRS crawl into their nooks and crannies. NFL playoffs. Uh, see, well, you know, some observations. I just got done watching the Bengals survive against the Ravens. Another thrilling, brutal AFC North game. Wild card game. Bengals are now going to go to Buffalo to have the game they didn't have a couple weeks ago with the Bills only, you know, the, the last time it was supposed to be in Cincinnati. Now it's going to be in Orchard Park. And uh, that means the Jags will play the Chiefs. Uh, the Jags being uh, victorious uh, late Saturday night. I fell asleep during this game when they were uh, down 27-7 at one point. 27 and nothing. Uh, and they came back and won 31-30. This is almost like uh, the Chargers were coached by J uh, Jeff Saturday. Um Interesting. Uh, I think this was uh, was it fan? It wasn't FanDuel. It was the other one, uh, the other big uh, gambling app. Uh, sometime during the game, somebody. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, somebody. Yeah, it was DraftKings. Uh, they put down one point four million dollars on the Chargers when they were already up twenty seven nothing, and lost that money. If the Chargers had held on to win, this person would have only uh, gained an additional $11,200, which is only 0.8% of the initial wager. So somebody had money to burn and doesn't understand how gambling works. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some people find it uh, intoxicating just to bet on games. I, I'm not one of them. Uh, I kind of like sitting back in the recliner and not worrying. I mean, it, it sucks that the colds aren't on it, but then again, that's a whole CF that I have already waxed poetically on. Uh, but it's but like with uh, you know fantasy football or gambling, I just don't need that tension. I just want to kick back and watch the game. By the way, uh, Trevor Lawrence, who had a crap first half, I guess had a better second half, obviously, uh, celebrated the game by going to Waffle House, and this may be the first documented time in Waffle House history that somebody beat another person's ass before going into the restaurant. Uh, so there's that. Uh, not much to talk about with Seattle and San Francisco. Seattle just looked god-awful. Uh, 49ers pulled away, and they lived to fight another day, and uh, the Giants win against uh, Minnesota. Uh, both, are, yeah, both uh, the, the Vikings and the uh, Dolphins, each in their respective games today, made some pretty bad decisions uh, down the stretch uh, that ended up costing them the games. But uh, not a bad, not a bad weekend of wild card football. You got the uh, Bucks hosting the Cowboys tomorrow night. Uh, it's you know Dallas. It's Brady. It's uh, why can't both these teams lose, right? Um, but. Uh, Another interesting side note, only one of the teams in the AFC that remain, being the Chiefs, 
have two Super Bowls in their franchise history. The other three teams, none. So, whereas, you know, the NFC right now, you got the Cowboys and the Bucks. Between them, uh, you got uh, seven, seven rings. You got 49ers with five. Uh, you know, you've got the Giants four. And uh, who am I drawing a blank on right now? Just said it's uh, uh, San Francisco five, yeah. So yeah, quite a few uh, dynasties there, uh, looking to add on. But again, it's a to be continued. Okay, so like I mentioned, uh, wild card football, a lot of fun to watch. Um, what was I? Sorry, I, I I had my notes up and now they went away. It's frustrating. All right, so we move on from that. To uh, something I didn't watch, which which was the Netflix show of Harry and Meghan and the Oprah interview, but now he's got the bitch fest uh, for a book, uh, Prince Harry. And sad to say, this actually this thing actually sold 1.4 million copies on its first day. That many people went and bought that book that day. And he, these are his memoirs about being, uh, you know, in this uh, burdensome royal life. And here's the thing that really gets me. He's 30 freaking eight years old. He is uh, five, about five years younger than me. Uh, has um, done less with his life than me. I mean, obviously, he's royalty, so uh, he's under the, uh, the public scrutiny and all that stuff. But this guy is, he's just ragging on who his family is, and that's how he makes his bones. And it's kind of depressing when you think about it. I mean, when he runs out of anecdotes, uh, what what's he going to do with his life? And I, and I said this before, uh, and I forget who this was that was writing their memoirs. I think that's something you do toward the end of your life or toward the end of your career. When you've seen everything, you've done everything, you said everything, that's when you write things down and try to pick the more interesting of things. I mean, David Grohl, uh, you know, I just got done reading his book, and I'm sure he'll write another one. But uh, basically just stories from, you know, his time being a musician. And he's in his 50s. Uh, you know, Keith Richards' life. Um, he, this dude's now pushing 80, but, I mean, some great stories there. You know, but these are guys that have actually created something, whereas Harry has just, he's just hanging off the fact that he is just this poor, lonesome ex-prince with his actress headcase wife living in posh California, just you know wailing about being in, being basically in a living wax museum. <sighs> 1.4 million copies were sold of this book, and, and I guarantee a lot of the people that buy these books don't read other books. Uh, speaking of books, uh, uh, J, yeah, J.K. Rowling, you know, she's made uh, pretty much, a, she's just basically rich. One character, one book, one series of books, seven books, I believe, Harry Potter. She's a billionaire because of this. The books sold well, the movies sold well, but she's got some unpopular uh, opinions when it comes to uh, transgendered people, right? Uh, and some people are upset about that. Uh, but she still goes to bed on a big pile of money every night. And uh, agree or disagree, usually, you know, the old school thing is, is like, sometimes you can see past a person's political opinions if you really like their work. And there are quite a few people whose opinions I don't dig. But 
you know, they, they put out some decent movies or, uh, you know, some decent music. And I can look past their political opinions. I wouldn't go to them for, you know, tax advice or, um, or medical advice, obviously. Uh, but a lot of people can't let go of the fact that J.K. Rowling uh, has this opinion that differs from theirs. And uh, there is a transgendered artist in Canada who is here to save the day. I, just you wait and hear about this. Uh, uh, this person's named Flom, I guess. And uh, for a small prize, Flom, from Canada, uh, this person will rebind your Harry Potter book so you don't have to see J.K. Rowling's name on it. Just, you know, put a new cover on your book to remove a person's name whose thoughts and imagination pretty much are the frickin' book, right? And it's basically this person editing this other person's name off of their own work. And they'll do it for a mere $170 per book. And for the complete set of seven, $1,200, with some of this going to... Uh, alphabet-related uh, charities, and um, the, the sound you hear behind me as I'm reading you parts of this article is uh, Ray Bradbury spinning violently in his grave. It used to be if you didn't like something, like you, you would just change the channel, you turn off the radio, you would click away, find another place to uh, uh, look at on the internet, or you'd get rid of a book. You know, uh, there's been some books that I've bought that have been overrated, or over the years, my mindset has changed, and I don't agree with this person's opinion, and I usually just take it back to, like, half-price books, sell it for, you know, pennies on the dollar, and, uh, you know, get on with my life. Um, but that's not enough for people anymore, and so, I, the, through artistic expression, this artist is rebranding another person's art, which is censorship, but it got me thinking, you know, what if more artists start thinking like this? And I'm sure there's quite a few. And they start doing this to other people's work. And let's say the, um, you know, just kind of uh, digging in a little Orwellian mindset here. Let's say uh, a government entity starts doing this and uh, starts uh, rebranding the term censorship. Like, you know, something like uh, public artistic expression. Like the public has to put their stamp of approval on art through government. It seems a little far-fetched, and I'm, I know I'm using this artist out of Canada to bring home a point, but, uh, you know, you've already got artists having to uh, edit their songs and albums in real time with streaming media. How long before censorship becomes a form of art through some of these people? And that's the thing. If you don't like Harry Potter, if you don't like J.K. Rowling, just leave the work alone and find something else that... Um, that brings you joy because otherwise you're just um, you're, you're making a problem worse and it's not her opinion on transgenderism it's uh, your your opinion or else that's the problem all right um, by the way uh, speaking of opinions one person you should not get opinions from on anything is Chelsea Handler 47 years old uh, one of the guest hosts now from The Daily Show, and she's well qualified because you, you think about all the shows that she's hosted that have been canceled. I mean, there's been like, what, four or five? Uh, she recently was on one of the late night talk shows, 
And she made the stunning confession that at, up until she was 42, her you know, mid midlife here, up until she was in about 42, I think, uh, she thought the sun and the moon were the same thing. This was something I knew the difference between when I was five. The sun and the moon being the same thing. That was a, that was a joke on Futurama, for Christ's sake. And uh, this, this woman who chastises everybody for not having her opinion thought this. And by the way, Chelsea Handler was the same one that uh, was trying to uh, use her high school uh, for pro-abortion um, charities. Uh, and she was trying to use this as a, a ploy to get herself inducted into that high school's Hall of Fame because her high school has had some famous people go there. This woman, who believed the sun and the frickin' moon were the same thing, wants her high school, a place of academia, uh, <laughs> to recognize her. What a proud alumna she is, uh, and doing her high school very well uh, by, by saying crap like this. Oh my God, the sun and the moon. Yeah, <laughs> that's bad. All right, uh, something that I don't really have any interest in watching, but then again, I'm not trying to rebind his work or take James Cameron's work name off of ever anybody anything that he has done. Uh, Avatar, it is getting close to $2 billion. Uh, He will be able to afford to eat and uh, sleep in his posh mansion, everybody, so I think everybody's glad about that. Yeah, uh, you know, like I said, Avatar's not my cup of tea, and I'll continue to make fun of those blue Smurfs. But uh, one thing I do agree with when it, with James Cameron here, uh, you know, kind of, kind of a backhanded compliment. Uh, just because I don't like Avatar doesn't mean I don't appreciate the fact that this guy is trying to do something different. Uh, because it's not a, um, I mean, it's a sequel, but it's a sequel to something that he created like it or not uh as opposed to okay we're going to regroup uh batman or uh, spider-man or you know wh whoever for the, like the fourth or fifth time see what happens uh but he said uh recently that mo he does not like streaming i like streaming but he says we have to get back to movie theaters because i'm tired of sitting at home and I, I think he's right about that because there, there's kind of that shared experience of sitting in a room full of strangers uh, taking in their reaction and uh, your reaction and just watching a good movie and sometimes a bad movie uh, unfold in front of you and you don't get that at home and the nice thing is uh, if there's a movie you really want to see uh, and it's out in theaters you can go and plop down eight or nine bucks to go see it even though that's high price but when you think about all the streaming options there are out there and how uh, movies and shows are on different platforms and how much money you're shelling out for that. If you want to see one piece of movie, it's almost economical to go to the movie theater. Almost, if you avoid the concessions. And there's not a lot of you going to this movie, right? It's like a date night movie. It makes sense. Um, but, you know, he brought up a good point because, you know, the streamers are having trouble making their money back because they, they're trying to generate original content and they think, that uh, everybody's going to watch this content and it doesn't always take off and then you don't get your money back. I mean, how many shows has um, Netflix canceled lately? I mean, it's uh, it's kind of a problem watching that thing kind of um, 
uh, unfold. Uh, well, yeah, it was like Neil Patrick Harris, I guess he had a show on Netflix, Uncoupling, and uh, canceled after one season. Huh. Uh, um, Michael Bay, I think, directed, was it Six Underground for Netflix a couple years back? And uh, uh, he recently had to settle a fine in Italy because during one of the scenes, something tragic happened and uh, there was a death. There was a death on set. And so, uh, you know, he was fined for this. And I, I, I guess it's a really big crime in Italy if you kill a pigeon on set. Like a pigeon, the, the pigeon is a protected bird in Italy. And you're sitting there thinking, what, those, those city rats with wings? And I'm like, yeah, those city rats with wings. And uh, I guess they're protecting Canada. Of course, Canada has also protected the goose. For some odd reason, we have protected the Canada goose. And the the only reason I can see why a pigeon was um, protected in Italy is because it's one of the few, it is one of the few domesticated birds that can, you know, deliver messages and medicine as if uh, no one has access to the internet or, or Amazon now. Um this, this is kind of a weird thing because all Italy is really is crumbling ruins and statues, right? There aren't a lot of new buildings there. And what do statues invite? They invite birds. And what do birds do on statues? You know the rest. Uh, kind of a dirty thing, you would think. You know, kind of, kind of move on. If we're going to progress as a society, you know, maybe we should start taking care of the things that crap on all the things because crap has diseases. And we certainly wouldn't want to have another outbreak of something that could kill our elderly. By the way, Italy has an elderly population. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand this. So they're making a big deal about uh, killing a pigeon on set for uh, Michael Bay here. It's not like he's Alec Baldwin, okay? It's just, it's a pigeon for Christ's sake. All right, I think I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, with one more thing, a celebrity, and it kind of harkens back to my radio days here. Um, I guess on the, uh, uh, there was the Graham Norton show over across the pond in the UK, both, uh, Margot Robbie and Kate Blanchett were on the show and Margot Robbie talked about how she was a little goth back in her high school days and how she liked metal. Like she was a huge Slipknot fan. You look at Margot Robbie now and you're like, oh, hey, yeah, hot chicks do like metal. Freaking Adam Levine, you piece of crap. Um, but uh, you know that that confession got Kate, Kate Blanchett to kind of uh, you know scrunch her nose and go, "Do people actually like that stuff?" And of course, uh, metal fans on the internet start uh, tearing down Kate Blanchett for being kind of a snob. I can't I can't really say I'm a big metal fan. I mean, I got some songs I like, but I'm more in the hard rock uh, arena more so than anything, but um, I, I tell you what, rock fans do get stereotyped, and I'm not just talking about metal fans, I think a lot of people who like other forms of music that uh, deem themselves a little more uh, worldly and sophisticated think all people that go to rock concerts are drunk meth heads that sleep in a basement until 2 in the afternoon. And I I can recap I can say this because I have worked in rock radio. I worked at uh, the Bear here in Fort Wayne. I worked at uh, you know a, a rock station in Kokomo. And uh, when I got my start in KHY, uh, my program director uh, Jeff Strange, who dealt with you know blending classic and harder 
edged rock music, not necessarily metal together, mainstream rock, did so very effectively and we would win our demos all the time. Uh, you know, beating out uh, Q95, X103 coming in and out of Indy. I mean, you're in Lafayette and, you know, that's your backyard shirt, but just, you know, playing the right music and getting people to listen. But they had a hard time selling the station because, you know, you, you, you take the ratings to, uh, to businesses. Oh, yeah, you know, this is 2554 male. You know, they love sports, they love cars, you know, they love this, they love that. Da, 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 da. And a lot of businesses still wouldn't get on board. Because they're like, oh, yeah, that's the devil's music, isn't it? You know, they're, they're, it's, I think some of the older people think that here in Indiana. But I've always maintained rock music is kind of like uh, uh, country music. It's the other white meat in, uh, in Indiana. It's the other favorite format. You know, you have country, you have rock. And, you know, we kind of ran into that when I was the program director down in Kokomo. For uh, Rock 98.5, uh, you know, I thought we always put up pr pretty decent uh, pretty decent listenership. We didn't have ratings because of some legal technicalities, uh, but I had word on the grapevine that we were doing pretty good. Wink, wink. Uh, and then, uh, you know, at the Bear, we did very well in our demo, but it was just getting people to go out and sell, and they couldn't get past the, well, you know, these people don't have jobs. Keep in mind, you know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of the uh, older women, you know, that uh, went on to become moms and grandmas, you know, back in the 80s, they were going to Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Bon Jovi concerts. So it's not just all sausage fest. And, you know, there's been some guys that, you know, have gone on and started up some successful construction businesses, garages, and hell, they've even gone on to become lawyers that like rock music. But the stereotype remains, and you have Kate Blanchett doing that, so it's... It gets a little frustrating, I get it for sure. Um, you're not seeing anything different when you see that. You're just seeing snobs revealing who they are. And I can be snobby about music, but for crying out loud, do people like that? Hey, okay, so that's the end of that little rant. Uh, but uh, all said and done, this podcast is done, this episode anyway. Until next time, stay free. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlive. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlive.